Hey, everybody, and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver. And today, I am very excited because coming up next week on July the 26th is the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And today, I've got three people on the show with me who are representing 360 Access. With the American with Disabilities Act turning 30, there have been considerable strides made. However, accessibility is still an issue. There's no easy way for a person with a disability or their friends, family, caregivers, colleagues to know how accessible something is before they go. 360 Access is here to bridge that gap and provide information for people with disabilities on what is accessible for them. So I've got Madonna Long, Joanne Peterson, and Marion Nielsen with me. Ladies, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having us. It's good to be back. Yeah. And so Marion and um, Joanne, you've been here before. Madonna, this is your maiden voyage, so we'll try and go easy on you. <laughs> I guess let's start this way. What is 360 Access? I'll let Joanne uh, talk there, and then I'll talk about kind of how we met. Sure. 360 Access is actually, we're mapping the accessible features of public spaces so that people with disabilities can know before they go. By that, we mean that we're going to make a map, basically, of, let's say, the restaurant across the street, and we're going to tell you how wide the door, that what features it has that meets the ADA rules, so that you'll be able to look them up and know. Now, is this kind of like a self-reporting? Is it like Yelp where people are putting in their own reviews or is this something more more stringent than that? It's not Yelp. It's not a review. It's And it's not crowdsourcing. So basically what happens on um, a lot of platforms is uh, people will go to a place, they uh, put it into a database, and it's their own interpretation of what accessibility is. What Joanne and I decided to do was that really 360 Access needed to be the business owner knew the most about their facility, right? They knew the most about the physical structures and the services that they provide. So we actually went ahead and it's the business owners um, or the managers of facilities, hotels, anything like that, that actually put the information in. Why is this so important to you? Now, listen, I, I'm a person with a disability and accessibility is such an important thing to me, but you are so right. Whenever I'm evaluating something, I'm evaluating it, for lack of a better term, for Rob accessibility. I use a power wheelchair. Is it accessible for me? What other elements are there of accessibility that are being looked at? It, it's, I'm assuming that it's more than just, is there a ramp and is there a wide enough door to get in? The different, the different elements for each person with a disability, we went on a wide, a wide, a wide variety of different um, questions that needed to be asked for people who could be uh, have a hearing disability or sight disability and really kind of took a lot of those things into, into fact and said, hey, um, as we roll this out, um, not just the physical parts of it, like one of my friends um, there in Pittsburgh, him and I would uh, go to the voc rehab council meetings in Harrisburg, and I would pick him up in Pittsburgh, and he's he's blind. And I learned so much from Bill Christner, and I, I'm not sure if you know Bill, 
I learned so much from Bill Christner, just about him and his disability and what I needed to look for when I was with Bill, right? So we thought, you know, this really needs to be something that we encompass all of those questions when it comes to in a hotel room, um, do you have the emergency procedures or, you know, what's in the hotel room, not just for um, people who use wheelchairs or mobility products, but those people who also um, are deaf or are blind. So those were the things that we took into um into consideration as we built out the platform. We even go so far as to ask about fragrances and pollution because there are disabilities uh, and fluorescent lighting for people with migraines because fluorescent lighting can trigger that. So the questions are very broad and very deep, but they're all yes or no questions. Is it basically like a fairly extensive checklist of do this, do you have that? and so on. Is that how the process of evaluation works? It's organized around uh, several key features like getting into the building, getting around the building, and features of the building itself like elevators are asked about. But if you don't have an elevator, you don't answer questions about an elevator. If you're not a restaurant, you don't answer questions about dining areas or kitchens. Um, So it's very specific to your, from a business owner's point of view, it's specific to their industry, the questions that they answer. And then as a user, when you go to look up a particular place, you can drill down and see the answers that have been provided by that particular facility. This is obviously really important to me because I use a power wheelchair and I would like to know when it comes to a bigger picture, there are some business owners that might have the initial reaction to say like, I don't have that many people with disabilities that come into my establishment. What are the numbers about how many people with disabilities are out there and why is this such an important topic to cover? Well, there's um, 61 million American adults with a disability. And if you think about their family, their friends, their caregivers, their, their coworkers, it touches a lot of lives. And it might not, you say, you might say, I don't employ people with disabilities, but how do you know that they don't have a family member or a close friend who does, who might want to come visit them or stop by the office, you know, go out to lunch. They can't get in so they can like go out to lunch together or something like that. So it's, it's also about recognizing, you know, that there is this uh, large community, there is a need for this information and whether you see it or not, um, having that information is valuable. And when you travel, because like, let's say like, even if you don't travel, like, When I moved to Pittsburgh, Rob, I had no idea where I could go and what I could do. And this, and actually this idea really started because of Pittsburgh. It started because as I was working with Bob DeLucia and I was, I was at the visit Pittsburgh meetings, I said to Lynn Popish, I'm like, nobody knows when they're coming into Pittsburgh, what's accessible. She goes, Oh, really? Can you help me with that? And I was like, are you crazy? You know? And then a few weeks later, I meet Joanne and I said, I have this idea. What do you think? And she goes, yeah, we could build that. And I thought, well, gosh, wouldn't it be great if when I'm traveling or just even when I'm I'm going from Greensburg to Pittsburgh, if I could know like, oh, I heard about this restaurant. It's kind of cool. Can I get into it? There are little bitty mom and pop restaurants like one of my favorite ones was over in Arnold, and and it was accessible. I mean, 
it it had some points that were that were not great, but it that far outweighed the great points. And so we thought, well, is this about ADA compliance? It's not. It's about mapping the accessible points that people have so you can make the credible decision where you want to spend that $490 billion a year that we all spend. So that's kind of where the idea came from. Okay. So let me just say that how funny it is that I'm hearing all of the name drops of other people that are in the disability community. Yeah. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I, I know most of them. So this is, it's amazing how even though it is such a large community, there is an interconnectedness there. I'm wondering if one of you would mind commenting on, it's not just about ADA accessibility, but there's, it's not just about creating an environment where people with disabilities can come in as well. But are there other groups that would benefit from knowing about establishments, knowing about steps, knowing about elevators, knowing about door widths and so on? You know, it's interesting, Rob. Um, None of us is going to get out of here alive, and we're probably going to age on the way up, right? When you think about disability, people don't think about um, the elderly using walkers. They don't think about um, a a hearing loss over time. They don't think about, oh, so-and-so broke their leg, so for the next six weeks, they have a disability. Or mom pulling around a stroller, or two strollers if she's got twins, you know? So there's the information about the accessible features of public spaces is not just for us, it's for everybody. Well, I think that last point that you made there about a mom with a stroller, a double stroller, uh, in my case, we've got, we had triplets. And so we had a triple stroller and knowing about, yeah, knowing about door widths would be very important. Who is doing the evaluation? Is it self-reporting by the business owner? It starts out as self-reporting. Our goal is to be able to hire uh, people, probably people who are members of the disability community, to verify the data that we have collected. And if we discover that it's incorrect, obviously we will make those corrections. We can't be everywhere at once, but we can employ others to verify that data. This is really cool to me because, as you are very well aware, employment in the disability community is a major issue. The percentage of people in the population at large that between 16 and 64 that are employed is just over 66%. The employment of people with disabilities between 16 and 64 is right around 19%. It's it's a huge disparity. So you're creating not just a way for people with disabilities to know what is accessible and what is not accessible, but also to find employment and to be able to, to earn some money that I love what you're doing. And sales jobs too, not just verification jobs. So there, that is, of course, one of our goals too. I mean, we're all interconnected here. Sure. And it would behoove all of us to work together. So that's that's what we want to do, right, Madonna? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we want people to be able to feel comfortable um, when they go out in their community or they travel to be able to say, you know what, you cared enough about me to map your business. I'm going to come and spend my money there. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, my family's going to spend their money there. I mean, Rob, you know, you and I both know this because we both get around in wheelchairs that when we go to someplace and he says, oh, meet me over here, right? And we go over there and our family goes to, our family sort of gets mad if you can't right. get in, right? It's negative advertisement. All of this stuff 
is not is seen as oh you know i've got to put in that ramp i don't want to do that well you know if you don't have the accessibility parking and the right signage it's negative advertisement people aren't going to stop and spend their money and so it's all this tool is also something to be used as an educational platform for businesses to say well how can i improve myself right because nobody's ever asked them that they try to shove stuff down their throat we're just saying, hey, map what you have. And when people start coming and, and they start understanding that it's because they went, they, they learned it from 360 Access, they're going to really say, gosh, what can I do more to help my customers? I'll, I'm going to tell you a great story. So in Washington, D.C., when I'm up in the Capitol, there was a restaurant that was um, within the Dirksen parking lot where the Senate office buildings are. Uh, there was no ramp getting in because it's an older building. And it's and it's and it's on federal property. So my my the first two years I was on Capitol Hill, I had my manual chair and my boss would go ahead and pop a wheeling. We'd go in there and we loved the owner of the building. It was really great. The third year I had the power wheels put on my chair. And Seth says, Hey, let's go to the monocle. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're not getting me in there with fifty pound wheel wheelchair tires. We went there and there was a brand new ramp and section all. And, and so we went in and the owner, he's so cute. He's like, honey, do you like the ramp I made for you? And I'm laughing at him. I was like, you didn't make that ramp for me. He goes, yes, I did. Because your boss pulls you up those steps all the time. You know, it's really interesting what I'm hearing you say, Madonna. What comes out of that is establishing relationships with, with customers that Businesses are saying, I, we are open to be accessible and to be welcoming of all customers. And that it starts with that connection. And so many times what I find is people don't, people don't want to do something because it doesn't mean anything to them personally. But when you make that personal connection, there's something more than that there. Since Madonna, you told a story, I'll throw out a story of my own, which I remember there was a cartoon that my first boss had on her door. And it was, uh, someone was calling a restaurant to check on accessibility. And they said, are you accessible? And the restaurant owner said, yes, we are. We only have one step. And, uh, and then the, the follow-up <laughs> sentence was like, but it doesn't really matter because nobody in a wheelchair comes here anyway. All right. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, so... There is that misconception about what does accessibility really mean? And access or 360 access is really giving business owners an understanding of what truly accessible means. And it's literally opening the doors of your business for a whole new clientele. And your number about 61 million Americans, like my math isn't real great, but that's about 20% of America has some form of disability. That's a huge uh, potential a customer base that you're opening your doors to. And, and in the market. So, you know, what we really wanted to do was give businesses a return on investment, right? Nobody really has learned how this market, which is about the size of China, um, is able to capture, you know, and market to them. And so we created that within the platform for the businesses too, so that they can they can also see the return on investment because at the end of the day when you're putting in those the you know all of the things that the law requires you 30 years you know after the signing of the ADA 
It's really to show businesses and business owners, hey, what is the return on my investment? Well, the return on your investment is to spend the money. It's very little. And if, and if you had to spend $150 for, you know, one facility a year, could you, and you got tens of thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of exposure, would that interest somebody? I bet it would. The U.S. tax service offers uh, tax credits for this service, this kind of advertising. Excellent. So let me just say, Madonna, I want to clarify something you said. You're talking about a market that represents approximately the size of China. And with that, you're talking about worldwide that there are about a some the World Health Organization, I think, says there's about a billion people worldwide with disabilities. So it sounds to me like your vision is not just for this to be a U.S. only thing, but you're looking to go international with this. That's correct. Yeah, that, that absolutely. Because, you know, the way that we the way that we uh, that, that Joanne has to help, you know, to design the system is really based on a physical space. And, um, you know, that holds no barrier, whether you're here or you're in Australia or you're anywhere. Okay, so make the case for me that, like, I understand why a restaurant would want to, to make sure that they're accessible because they're counting on people coming in to, to eat there. That's what they do. And, and I can understand why, why an entertainment place would want to be accessible where you're bringing people in that are paying customers to come in. Can you kind of help make the case for places that are outside of that realm of possibility? Well, there are a couple, actually, Rob. Um, I forget how many educational institutions there are, but it's a huge number. And uh, Marion may have the statistics on what the percentage of uh, students with disabilities is. But the point is, students with disabilities are going on college campuses or technical school campuses or community colleges. And so the information about Uh, labs and classrooms and anything that's on that particular college campus is going to be of interest to the student. Uh, The dorm rooms too, for that matter, if they're they're living on campus. Um, We talked to a major hospital system who recognizes that when they're trying to hire people, whether they're people with disabilities or just people in general, um, is that their signage um, is is, is in such a way that uh, people who are using uh, wheelchairs or on crutches and looking at the floor aren't going to see the signage to know where they're going. So if they have that information available to them when they get the job description or before they come in for the interview, they can plan on how to get in for the interview. Um, it's not just entertainment. It's any place anybody might want to go. And we also have questions about um, like accessible vehicles. So it's not just about going someplace, it's getting someplace. How can I get there in an accessible fashion? That's awesome. I, I love it. Right. So that part of it, Rob, with the transportation, um, you're going to know um, how many accessible wheelchair accessible vehicles they have. You're going to know what those numbers are, the the numbers to the, to the, the taxi driver. Because you and I know that the only place in the United States that has 30 accessible cabs is in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Yeah, and it's still not easy to get one. Well, you know, and that's what we got to work on. And that comes back to, you know, when we talk about transportation and people being able to do that is to really, is to help change um, 
those types of transportation that aren't public, but also be able to show them um, um, the people that, you know, are going to come in and need those rides. And I've kind of mastered, thank God, you know, working in Washington, I'll never forget the first time I had to get an accessible taxi. Because remember, I worked for those guys trying to regulate those things. And I knew it was going to be hard. And I had to be at Michelle Obama's first lady's luncheon with Cheryl Sensenbrenner. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I got my power chair. How am I going to get a cab? And I got lucky. The first guy I got was phenomenal. He was my cab driver for the last, I think, seven years in Washington, D.C. I'd be like, okay, Celine, I'm coming into town. That is interesting because, Madonna, what you just said there is so interesting to me that when you find a place that is accessible, when you find something that works for you, you develop a loyalty. And now every time that you come into town, that's your guy, that's your go-to, and he's got guaranteed business because you know what you know that what he has works for you. And so to me, that makes business sense where people are making their business accessible and you're developing, not, you're not just opening the door for a potential customer to come in, but you're creating relationships where you have people that are coming back again and again because they can and because you're providing a good service for them. That's the goal. So what's the interface for how people can you know, find out this information. Is it a website? Is it an app? Is it, where's the information being compiled? Right now, uh, it will go live on Sunday, uh, July 26th at 360-access.com. That's 360-access.com. We don't have the downloadable app yet because that would be just for users who want to look up places to go. And uh, that is going to be developed over the next six to eight weeks so that should be available in the fall for you to be able to download it to your phone or to your tablet right now it'll have to be on your you can run the application on your phone or your tablet you just can't download an app to your phone is this a nationwide rollout are there select cities what information is being put in at this point everywhere <laughs> everywhere we possibly can uh madonna was interviewed in las vegas last week uh we're talking to you today and we you know been doing our, our press release thing all over the country. We'll find out on Monday, won't we? Yep. And we're gonna we're gonna map um, one of the casinos. It's one of my favorite ones in Reno, and that's pretty exciting because that's really gonna help us understand, you know, um, the the process in big facilities like like the Grand Sierra Resort in Reno. I mean, it's huge. It's it's not only casino, but it's, it's the old MGM, so it's huge. Mapping all of those different areas, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And we're going to do the Meadows Casino down in Washington, Pennsylvania next week as well. I love it. So let me just ask, as far as end users, as far as consumers, people with disabilities or people who want to know about accessibility, they're going to be able to use the website. What about businesses that say, I want to get my business mapped. I want to be able to, to report on the accessibility of my business. Is it the same place or how does that work? Yep. Same interface, but just choose. I want to map my business. You guys have been phenomenal. I love what you're doing. Um, tell me a little bit about the website and like, how does it work? Are, I understand that you have an opportunity for businesses to be featured on there. What's going on with the website and, and how can people best interact Madonna is vice president, 
is directly responsible for for that kind of sale. So, so um, when we want people to to interact through, do you mean through the mapping or through the other opportunities that they can have within the system itself? I think he means the ability for the businesses to advertise directly. Okay, so we. We thought, poor Joanne, let me tell you what, through this, I think I've given her probably four or five strokes. Um, <laughs> because I'm like, Joanne, you got to put this in there. So what we decided was we wanted people like you, Rob, which would be great for you to go and become a member because we created member, member platforms, member, uh, I'm sorry, member, um, what am I thinking, Joanne, member profiles, profiles. So if you're a person with a disability or anybody and you have certain things that you like, like I would go in and on my member profile, I would say, well, I put my zip code in. I'd say that I use a wheelchair. What do I like? And it asks you questions like, do you want to learn more about disability issues? You can click that. If you want to learn more about like, I like fashion. Okay. I like shoes, even though I don't walk and I have a lot of them. So I will put those things that you like in there. So what happens is we decided what was really cool for our businesses. Let's take Giant Eagle. We all know Giant Eagle, right? The grocery store. Let's say Giant Eagle has some, some sales coming up or something cool they're doing. We can go ahead and all those people that are in those zip codes that are Giant Eagle, Giant Eagle can say, okay, we want to, we're going to pay for this, for this particular advertising opportunity it goes into the member profiles we don't spam people's email i have i hate when my email gets too many things but it makes them go back in and and weekly they'll get an update to say hey these are the um offers that you got from businesses that are that support 360 access so what they do is then they can take advantage of those of those offers and when they're over they just dump out of their member profile there is no charge for this for the consumer, for business? No, no consumer charge. All right. And for the advertising, that's something you can work out with the businesses. Excellent. Listen, you guys have been phenomenal. I appreciate it. And again, the website is? 360-access.com. All right. Wonderful. I will put that in the show notes and uh, make sure that people can, can get there and get the information. Thanks for being on. You are, all three of you are smart. And I have learned from you. It is time for my favorite part of the show. It is time for three questions to establish your humanity. Uh, Madonna, the first one goes for you. And that is you have traveled all around the country. And I'm just curious when you are looking for some kind of food that makes you feel like you're at home and is your comfort food, what is it that you're eating that makes you feel homey? Oh, it's got to be like chicken and mashed potatoes. <laughs> is there a recommendation that you have for when so, when someone is traveling, if they end up in a certain city, is there a is there a chicken and mashed potatoes place that you would recommend? Oh, yeah. It happens to be in a little town called Kimmer, Wyoming, so <laughs> which happens to be the fossil capital of the world. You can find the coolest fossils ever. It's my it's my little hometown. Awesome. I all right, Joanne, next one is for you. And that is, what is your go-to breakfast? If you, if you have time to get a good breakfast and 
Um, you don't necessarily have to cook it yourself. What is on your ideal breakfast menu? There, there's a little restaurant across the street from our office. They have the best pancakes. They're those really thin, crepe-like, crunchy on the edges, soft in the middle pancakes. And it's called Nancy's Restaurant. Oh, Nancy's Restaurant. Okay. I was going to guess a different uh, a different restaurant altogether. Uh, what town is Nancy's Restaurant in just so our Pittsburgh locals can... In, Wilkin, in the Wilkinsburg part of the Wilkinsburg... Uh, suburb of Pittsburgh. Excellent. Marion, uh, last question is for you. And uh, um, food is my has been my focus so far. So I'm going to let you off the hook with that. <laughs> is there a quote or is there something that stands out in your mind that would really fit with kind of what you're doing with 360 access and with the ADA is what is it that would stick out that you would like to have other people here as well well i think the big one is uh how's it how it how's it go um nothing for us without us so um 360 access is um inspired by uh people with disabilities who want to know so they can go and so we're hoping everybody will join in with us so we can um map the world eventually <laughs> one doorway at a time <laughs> it's beautiful i'm not so long i've heard that and i agree completely nothing about us without us hey thank you all for being on the show everybody go check out their website it is 360-access.com to all my listeners i appreciate you tuning in today i will remind you as always when you stop learning you stop living have a great day everybody thank you rob